0: Drop the freshest tunes.
1: y'all i am your host young smooth and you are tuned into another episode of kicking it with young smooth the podcast where i chill out rant and rave about you know some of the latest hot topics and then we also go over some of my favorite 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 albums absolutely Yo, don't forget, you can check me out on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, which is now YouTube Music, Google Podcasts, the Purple Podcast player for those that are Apple users. Make sure you like, you download all of the things, Spotify and YouTube. All right, y'all. So did y'all get the last week's Kick That Lyric? It was a little bit difficult, but. It definitely was from the Notorious B.I.G. You know, last week we gave um, our tribute to the Notorious B.I.G. Shout out to my man DJ Evil Empire. Um, also, don't forget that all of the songs that you hear come from a man, either Obstacle Beats or Zodiac. So, make sure y'all check them out. They have some great projects. Zodiac's um, or FDA Kenny with Feed the Animals um, and his 1996 project which was really good as well so make sure you check that out obstacle has a few things that are coming out as well um a new beat tape and in addition there are some great people that he's been working with as well so his music is definitely about to take launch so make sure y'all listen to them they are two of my favorites and that is why they always get spots as far as beats are concerned on this show plus they family so it is what it is All right, moving on, let's go into the new Kick That Lyric. This one comes from, uh, maybe we've done him maybe once. I'll say it to him. We've done it once or twice before. Um, It is one of my other favorite songs, probably one of my favorite albums that I, and one of my favorite artists that I have a love-hate relationship with. But let's go into it. And it reads, Now, even though I went to college and dropped out of school quickly, I always had a PhD, a pretty huge dick. Ladies tried <laughs> tired of getting ripped off by guys like this and given head is like a whale that's using a toothpick. Well, I'm in the club for a limited time, act now and get some action for three ninety nine. Later on I might charge for menage. Uh heard her man was the boss of the floss. But she still want to toss me the drawers. And it ain't going to cost me because she my caddy. Because she grabbed my golf balls in the club. And I'm still acting calm than a mug. She asks, can you drive me and the honeys to where my ultima was while we driving she tell me about problems with her man baby i fully understand let me help you with a plan while he tricking off don't get no rich nigga give me some head now that'll really piss him off all right y'all who do you think that this genius of wordplay could possibly be let me know the song i might be doing a giveaway we may find out at the end of the show it may be on my socials but you want to stay tuned to find out i want to know if anybody can guess this artist and the song don't just give me the artist give me the artist and the song all right so let's move on no, actually, oh, hold on. Wait, wait, two things before we move on. Before I get into the Ratchet and Ridiculous, I did not write them down, but I was thinking about these things. Um, number one, I want to give you a brief review over my thoughts on um, Sister Soldier's Life After Death. Okay. Mm. Sorry, I had to take a drink. Okay, so I wanted to give you guys a, a review on it. Okay, so, I kind of touched bases on it, like, I think last week or maybe even a week before. But I realized that I was watching a lot of reviews and a lot of people are like, this is not really a good work from Sister Soldier. I think that you, people had an expectation. And I, and I said this because I started watching reviews on YouTube about it and I said it. And I was like, you know, people started having the... the review that this is not a good work because what you can't do from any artist's kind of body of work you know what i'm saying maybe music but not necessarily always that but from anybody's body of work you what you can't do is you can't um take something that happened almost 20 years ago and expect for the writer or artist of any or anything to be that artist of 20 years ago you may want to still have some elements of that artist, but you can't have have that in, in, in that perspective. Um, so, Life After Death kind of uh, picks up a little bit where we left off with winter santiago but instead of her being in jail she's about to be released as she's about to be released she um is murdered by a cohort and it's just like you know the story kind of takes from there and like a good 80 to 90 percent of the book is her being incarcerated okay i'm sorry being incarcerated of the mind and actually being dead i'm sorry um It touched on a lot of Islamic and Muslim faith things. And of course, Sister Soldier is a Muslim. So it is very disheartening for people to be like, oh, this is not good. This is not good. Yes. Did the book get a little preachy? Mm, Yeah. But the Muslim faith and the Muslim religion is very strict. So it is going to seem quite that way. Um, It's not the coldest winter ever. I do believe that the voice of, the way she wrote for winter um still spoke to who winter was but it also spoke to who winter was 15 years ago because she had to do a 15 um a 15 year minimum sentence so it really spoke to who she was 15 years ago and it showed that internally in her soul she was not changing um she she made bad deals with the devil she had uh, sex with the 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 devil's sons so i mean you know there are a lot of different things that really focused and happened in this book that took you down a path now most people ended up reading the book which is fine I ultimately believe and I think what gave me more of a green light to feel free to talk about this book was Sister Soldier being on The Breakfast Club. That made me feel better to talk about it because she was like, yo, I listen to audiobooks too. We've gotten into a world where there is so much going on, so many different distractions. We're multitasking. We're doing one, two, three, four, five things at one time and I'm guilty of it and I do it all the time. I don't think that I would have been able to read a 700 page book. I'll be honest with you when the midnight series came out i read that book i read the very first midnight book i have not read the other two ever since and it was a hard read because again i'm not part of the islamic faith like that not even like that i'm not i'll just be very honest i wouldn't even want to disrespect that that faith or religion like that so to 100 completely know that um i still i still digested midnight very well um even the Porsche santiago situation like you have to understand the reflection of the writer that was once in the coldest winter ever is not the same person as we get to life after death so that's number one number two i think Think I honestly, honestly, one hundred percent wholeheartedly believe that the audiobook made a difference. Nia Long murdered this book. I when I tell you, Nia Long made it so much more easier to digest than you physically reading the spoken word. And I think that Nia Long did the book so much justice that it made it, it it made it palatable for those that you know don't read and like I said I don't have that kind of time anymore I really don't I wish I did I wish I had time to to really focus I even even before um the anticipation like the weeks before the book was supposed to come out I was gonna go back and read the coldest winter ever and I was like Yo, I'm gonna go read and read I still didn't finish it still didn't finish it now I finished it years ago of course so I already know you know the premise of the book and everything else that's, that's going on so I'm, I'm well versed in it don't get it twisted i am i just wanted to reread it for my own edification honestly truth be told i really did not did not reread it but i will say that i definitely sat back and enjoyed enjoyed the audiobook and i think for people that physically read it um if you want to get a, a a different take or a different vibe on it because you may read something one way and feel like you're pronouncing the words correctly or that this is the sentiment or the feeling that you're getting and the audiobook is going to give you a feel that is completely different than it because i knew i knew from the time that we got to maybe like the fourth or fifth third or fourth fifth chapter i said once she died i realized because i had to i had to stop for a second and rewind it back and be like oh wait a minute oh what, what the fuck happened right here? i don't i don't i don't understand what she's saying but that was one of those moments that made me think and then as i continue to let it go on i said okay this is why people are going to have an opinion about this book where they're not going to like the book because it automatically took you on a ride that you're like oh hold up this shit this shit this shit hit different it's a little different so that in in itself i kind of figured was not, people weren't going to get it. Like, I automatically was like, yeah, nah, they ain't gonna get it. They're they not gonna get it. And as it got deeper and deeper into it, even in, in, like, an explanation of her, like, meeting up with Midnight, you know, and her being really a spirit, and seeing how Midnight's life had changed, and his wives, and, you know, all that shit, and the, and the other sisters, and so on and so forth, it, um, it, it made me be like, yeah, I get that, because I... Read the other midnight book well i read the one midnight book and it made me be like okay i understood and could could visualize this character all over again so i see where people have been like this book wasn't really great i on the other hand do feel like it was a really good book i feel like it it did things that a good book or a good movie should do. It should challenge your thoughts. It should um, make you feel differently about the way in which you see the world. Um, you know, a good book should make you feel like that. Like, I even me long reading it made me feel like I was still in whatever world Sister Soldier was creating. So, Life After Death is a good read. I do ultimately suggest that you get it on audiobook, on Audible, because... Reading it by itself, probably a little bit harder than you think. All right, moving on. My next thing, because I did not break this down, and I'm just thinking about this too. Why must I continue to cuss Trey songs out? Why is this always a thing? Like, I do not understand, sir. Why must you always get your ass cussed out? Why is you out here spitting on bitches? Like, let me... Let me tell y'all something. I'm gonna be very 100% candid, 100% clear about that. that well, you know what? Okay, so there are a couple things. There are a couple things I need to say about that. Number one, um I think the shit is is nasty. I do. I, I really do. And I know I said that a little shaky, but I'm gonna explain why. I, I do think that the shit is nasty, sir. Corona is still out here. You had the shit. Okay? And I don't understand why you're a porn star in your fucking career when you really had a good ass motherfucking career. And you still could, but you're doing a lot of things that right now are damaging your career. Trey Songz has been a flat level kind of artist. Like, when his shit come out, y'all know y'all gonna bump it. You gonna get it. And I'm I'm not even not guilty of it. Like, I will get a Trey Songz shit. I'm just like, oh, this shit is great. You're doing things that are becoming fuckboy-esque and it's getting on my nerves. Real quick. Like... You doing a lot of fuckboy shit. An alleged leaked sex tape, which in turn, you leaked it from your own fucking phone. I don't understand how the fuck that happens, but whatever. Um, And now you spitting on bitches, and the shit is all over my Twitter feed. That shit is fucking disgusting. However, I said that. Now, the real freak in me was like, okay, who don't like a little drool and shit? And put it down on them and shit, that's nasty and I like it. But... Again, that's the freak shit in me in my own personal life. I'm also not famous and I would not be putting that shit out on nobody's interwebs. So let's be clear. That is part of, you know, the reason. But, um... Trey, please, please, please stop making people cuss you out. The shit is fucking nasty. It's it's disgusting. And then the fact of the matter was even when you did the spit, you had to again just to get a a, a <laughs> just to get the right amount of spit to fall into these bitches' mouths. Everybody upset with the bitches. Nope, don't be upset with the bitches. Don't be upset with the bitches. They got paid. They said this is what they wanted to do. You sit down and wanna be on your knees for that shit. That is your priority. You know what? That's your shit. That's your shit. Everybody wanna be pussy popping and whopping out this bitch. Okay, bitch. Well, this is shit that you get. You won't get you wanna be disrespected. Clearly, you won't let this nigga disrespect you. I don't know why y'all think that that is okay. It is not. I don't know why you think is, is is the check worth it because I know a few seconds of spitting or letting a nigga spit in your mouth is not worth it I know it is not I have said what the fuck I said now I'm moving on in the wretched and ridiculousness Tiffany Haddish takes shots at Nicki Minaj T- <clears throat> Tiffany Tiffany what what what's going on Tiffany Haddish is putting Nicki Minaj on blast <clears throat> during a recent clubhouse chat side note real quick let me tell y'all some shit about these motherfucking platforms clubhouse Bigo, shit like that that shit is toxicity at its best because all y'all niggas do in these rooms if you don't find a room that works for you it like i've gone into many of the rooms and just been standing there and been like uh-huh well sitting well you know whatever Just in there like, yo, why are you yelling at each other? What the fuck did somebody say? What are you worried about? You're all on your phones or you're on a tablet. You're somewhere else. You're not even in front of each other. The fuck? Like, y'all niggas would never. So, that shit bothers my soul. Get that shit out of here. Anyway. Alright, so during a recent clubhouse chat, an unidentified man made the mistake of comparing the comedian to the Queen of Rep. He states... You're like the Nicki Minaj of rap right now. You're just killing the motherfucking game, said the male voice. But Tiffany did not uh, take too kindly to the compromise. When another person added that unlike Nicki, she shows up on time, Tiffany herself weighed in taking aim at Minaj. And unlike Nicki, I treat everybody with respect and dignity, she shot back. Oh, oh, mm well it's unclear what triggered her response it may have to do with the 2018 mtv vmas when tiffany made a joke about fifth harmony that wasn't received well by nikki and tiffany didn't come and tiff don't become if oh she this is what she said she said and tiff don't become if for fifth harmony because normani is that bitch said nikki okay wait a minute that that is not the reason why that is not, that, that that could not possibly be the reason why. The reason I say that is because this. I usually do not always defend, and as much as I love Nikki, and I've talked about it way too many times on all of these shows, and I always admit it, I don't always defend for Nikki and her shenanigans. I really don't. But that right there was just, that was just a polite jab. That wasn't even, I'm trying to do no foul-ass shit to you or say nothing out the way it also may have not warranted tiffany's comment but this is what i be talking about about these apps about everybody being together like that we want to all come together which is fine ain't nothing wrong with that if you're coming together for a positive reason yes I, do I believe that Tiffany probably, as a public figure, should have said something like, thank you, that ain't really my thing, you know, I'm just trying to be the queen of this comedy, and slid the conversation in a different way, yes, however, she did not, I don't think that that was, it. warranted all of that, um, The Fifth Harmony thing, no, I, 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 honestly, even when Nikki said it, I was like, yo, it's a joke, but it's such a big up to Normani, though, you feel what I'm saying to you, because yo, Normani's career, because she is a dark-skinned sister, is on a slide, y'all, not fucking with it like that, like, and let me, let me not say, y'all, I don't even check for, for Normani like that, because I didn't even check for Fifth Harmony like that, so that ain't really my thing, but same thing like yo she out here trying to make a whole career for herself the last big thing that i saw from um normani was when the birds of prey uh movie was coming out and normani and megan did the song you know the diamonds are girls best friend situation i was like yo that's lit that works it works for the movie it was great great situation i think that we need to and this is kind of going off topic a little bit but i need i think that we need to stop downplaying the brown skin, the dark skin girl. Cause here's the thing. Kelly over Kelly Rowland overseas kills Kelly. Over, Kelly Rowland overseas is the Beyonce of the your of the European, you know, culture of it all where Beyonce is here in America. Um, you have very other underrated girls like Coco Jones, who was on the Disney channel and she's a very beautiful dark skin girl. And look at how that turns out. Um, you have, um, people like Normani. Normani is beautiful and gorgeous and we don't, we not check it for her. But you got, and, and again, this is no shade to this girl because I'm starting, she's starting to grow on me. But you have girls like Saweetie. You have girls like Dream Doll. You know what I'm saying to you? That are of a lighter skin. This is no diss to them. I'm not disrespecting them. I'm just saying that they are of a lighter st- skin tone and they do not have to work as hard not saying that they are not working hard but there there is a level People hear what they want to hear. That's why I have to kind of break this down. There is a level of privilege. It is unnecessary. And me being a lighter skinned man, I had to understand that there is a level of privilege that I receive. Even though I'm like, nigga, I'm black like the rest of y'all. I could get killed any moment. But yes, there is a level of privilege that I receive that is completely different. That becomes quote unquote non-threatening. So I 100% get it. Circling back to Tiffany thing. I think that Tiffany should... Have handled this differently and again Tiffany stay the fuck up off a of clubhouse don't go on Beagle don't go on none of those things when you are a public figure it gives people too much excess and too much ammo to go ahead and either twist or misconstrue your words or the way in which you say it so no stay off of these motherfucking apps I'm not even gonna do it I don't even care and I'm not that big of a figure yet until y'all bitches see me And I will be. Anyway, moving on. Beyonce comes as the most decorated woman in Grammy history after winning her 28th award. With her best R&B performance win for Black Parade, Beyonce passes, Alison Cruz... And made the record for most Grammys won by a female artist. Beyonce is now tied with Quincy Jones as the second most awarded musician at the Grammys with 28 wins. Um, Conductor George Solati, I think that's how it's pronounced, holds the record for most Grammy wins with 31. B, all you gotta do is drop another album. Um, It it is well due. It is great. I I don't know if we ever really would have thought that we would have saw that in our lifetime. Nor did I think that we even kind of kept tracking. We knew Beyonce won Grammys. We were very aware of that. Uh, Speaking of the Grammys, since we're talking about this, and of course, I, again, am going on a tangent. Did not watch the Grammys. One, because I have really, honestly, truthfully, stopped watching television. If it's not um the certain things that I specifically want to watch or things that I've heard of that I'm like yo I'll like um like I watch T.S. Madison's Experience right now Um, I'm watching RuPaul I'm watching uh I'm not really watching a lot of anything oh I watch Archer um but yeah I'm not really watching a lot of anything else on TV right now these days um not even not and I used to be heavy on reality TV. I used to be real heavy on that. Um, but... So, I didn't watch the Grammys. However, I did watch the performances. Um, Cardi B looked very, very uncomfortable. Very, very stiff. I don't know. And a lot of people are talking about pregnancy rumors with Cardi, which, again, would be great. Um, hopefully not. Because, sis, you do need, like, a second album rollout. Like, you can't be pregnant every time you're about to do... I, I, I don't know. So, that, um that was kind of bad Meg, you definitely killed it um with you know her savage performance um I do not like the song Body it it that can go somewhere that can go straight to hell I don't like that um I don't like I, I did it, it okay it was bad to see WAP as a whole performance on the 63rd Grammy Awards I was like this is what we've come to let me break that down let me elaborate on that real quick and then i'll get into the rest of what i want to say about the grammys um so real quick Wop, i like the song i love the fact that um they have recognized my city um in the song they've definitely recognized baltimore cardi has said it many times about that i'm very proud of that and i'm proud of that factor However, uh, so my generation, we had little Kim. I'm gonna give you the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly for all of this. Um, so we had little Kim. Okay, little Kim first came out with hardcore. I want y'all to sit back and think real quick, because I even probably said it in the hardcore um review situation that I did on this podcast. So, number one, her first single if i'm not mistaken was no time um so it 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 did have sexually explicit lyrics in it but were completely masked by a completed edited version that you wouldn't even known what it meant we weren't as sexually explicit like that we weren't as open like that also the ultimate other thing that was a little leery and now looking back at it with a 2020 lens versus a 1997, 96 97 lens um the first part of the intro the intro is called intro into A minor so at first you think to yourself that is oh music you know like A minor the chord okay No, no 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 it was some nigga going to a porno movie theater getting a large popcorn with extra butter and extra napkins and jerking off in the motherfucking theater to allegedly a little Kim porno. Okay. So, that's a lot and you would say that like, like, like that is a lot. That is a lot. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, but however, here's my thought process on it. You would not know that unless, one, you got the album. It had a, Um, NC-17 or a uh, R rating on the album. had the parental advisory on it, so you weren't supposed to buy the album. Not saying that we ain't do it. Just saying, because I still have it in my collection, so I bought it so I already know. And I definitely, definitely was not old. Should not have been old enough to listen to it, but I did. Um, So then and still know all the words to this day which is probably a problem um so then on top of that you also have kim's picture of her squatting now mind you she had to be every bit of like 16 or 17 when she did that picture so she was fairly young or actually 15 16 when she did that picture mind you the album didn't come out and didn't drop until she was officially 18 um because of that factor so it didn't seem as risque so I say all of that to say, it's not like we in the 90s did not have some shit that was fucked up. However, the difference is, we also had it hidden. Like, yes, was Kim's album full of a lot of sexually explicit explicit shit? Absolutely. But, at the same token, it was not in your face. The big difference between Little Kim's Hardcore and WAP at this particular point... WAP is put out in your face immediately and became the leading single, the leading single for Cardi B's new album that's coming up. There is no way. The, the shit that is put into the media and, and into your face right now at this particular moment, it's a little bit too much. Like, bro. I know that we've had explicit lyrics. We had shit. We had shit that was on the box that may have just taken it a little bit too far. But there were also edited versions. There were also times when it was supposed to be aired. All of this stuff. Now kids have way too much access to all of this stuff. And for you to go ahead and put it in your face. I am not saying that you should not be sexually free, be able to say what you want to say on a record. I'm not saying any of that. However, what I am saying is that performance was entirely too... There was a fucking bed and a stripper shoe. Okay? A huge-ass stripper shoe with Cardi twerking on a motherfucking pole and shit. And her and Meg scissoring on the motherfucking bed and shit, bitch. (laughs) draw the line somewhere okay the kids now i usually am like fuck them kids i'm big on fuck them kids like like a lot of y'all but that shit right there i said you know what this is entirely too the fuck much back to the grammys the grammys fuck y'all just want just want to put that out there um number one king's disease was an amazing it, it not was ...is an amazing album by Nas... ...but Nas has also had better works... ...I have at least... ...I say what well, one, two, three, four, four albums that have been posted... ...that are posted on my wall... ...that Nas has some amazing... ...bodies of work on... ...and if you read the title... ...of this particular podcast... ...you already know we about to get into one of them... ...however... ...you just giving him one for King's Disease... ...is fucking ridiculous um beyonce winning 28 of course you know she's been great through throughout our whole time frame um i think doja got snubbed because hot pink was very very good um y'all motherfuckers was out here doing the goddamn silhouette challenge to streets and ain't even know that that was what the fuck the shit was called um but like yo i don't i don't even remember if jay ever won a grammy Like, I I don't even remember. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, because I may be wrong. But yeah, that's one of those things where you're like, yo, this has literally just been the year of them trying to give a redemption for black people, for everything that we've been through in the last two years, um, Black Lives Matter, all of that shit. And the 63rd Grammys was trying to give a level of redemption for that. And I'm like, eh, I'm not really here for the redemption story. Either you fuck with it or you don't. And that's what it should be. Um, because they knew if we boycotted another one, nobody yo, hip hop is the popular music. Let's stop pretending that it is not. Hip hop is the dominating genre. Even down to the way R and B is made, hip hop is the dominating force. So yeah, let let's let's stop that. Moving on into Wretched and Rid- Ridiculous, Drake becomes first artist to debut at number one two and three on the hot 100s <laughs> drake makes chart history again the chart tracks off his scary hours two-pack debut in the top three positions on the billboard hot 100 he becomes the first artist to enter the chart at it's enter the chart at numbers one two and three simultaneously what what's next opens at number one followed by once and needs featuring little baby and lemon pepper freestyle featuring rick ross at number three drake earns his eighth hot 100 number one with what's next i haven't even heard this song i don't even think i've heard this song yet damn um I'm, I'm out i'm out the loop the trio <laughs> it was funny because i think i've heard the lemon pepper song but i don't know if i've heard the what next song that's i need to go look at that um the trio of tracks brings his total to a record extending 45 top tens uh drake also joins the beatles and ariana grande as the only x ever to rank at numbers one two and three on the hot 100 simultaneously what's next is drake's fourth song to debut at number one on the hot 100 with most among male artists Following God's plan Nice for what And Tootsie Slide, Which I hated He also Extends his reign For most total weeks At number one On the Hot 100 Among solo males To 51 Only Mariah Carey 84 Rihanna 60 And the Beatles 59 Have more Um Both little baby and rick earned their highest charting songs on the hot 100 with wants and needs and lemon pepper freestyle um respectively by previously uh baby previously peaked at number three with the bigger picture while ross reached number seven with his appearance on drake's money in the grave silk sonic the day uh the duo comprised of bruno mars and anderson pack also makes its debut on the Hot 100 with leave the door open with its entry at number four um drake is killing the game okay let me let me take a little sip of that. i'm sorry i'm i was talking a lot i had a lot and i feel like this is gonna be a longer show so i appreciate y'all bearing with me um one would say why well, would you cut that shit out Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, it's only Gatorade. It ain't that deep. Uh, but, you know, yeah, Drake is killing it. I Like I said, I heard the Lemon Pepper Freestyle, which goes in. Um, I have not heard the other ones yet because I just haven't. I've been so busy doing so many other things and just haven't gotten a chance to check for Drake. But I think I will go ahead and go back into that as well. Moving on. Fat Joe says he and the Notorious B.I.G. were recording an album dissing Tupac. Fed Joe is making a B.I.G. revelation. <laughs> While speaking with Swizz Beats and Timberland on Instagram Live on the death anniversary of the Notorious B.I.G. on Tuesday, March 9th, Joe reflected on the Brooklyn rap icon's legacy for the first time. He revealed that he was working on a joint album with Biggie. They had recorded five songs together for the unreleased project. Quote, you know I say stuff and they always say I lie or I say too much Joe said according to hip hop and more quote you know I worked on album with biggie we cut about five songs together he was like you the Latino Don and I'm the black Don, and I'm the black Don and he was in the studio he was in that studio going crazy it's Verified by Puff Daddy and everybody. He also said that they were taking shots at Biggie's rival, Tupac Shakur, amid the 90s East Coast-West Coast feud. Quote, I'ma keep it real. At the time, we were dissing Tupac a lot and all that, so that should have never seen the light of day, Joe admitted. Which is respect, quote, which is respectfully so because you know they both passed on but yeah i worked with big for real <clears throat> while the their collaboration project remains in the vault joe pessimistically co- uh collaborated with big and pun on um get your grind on for biggie's 2005 albums duets the final chapter which we just talked about last week again love that i love it i don't give a fuck what nobody said i realized that a lot of people did not like that during his fat joe show on instagram live joe also unearthed an unreleased collaboration with little kim and foxy brown that was supposed to appear on their ill-fated joint album thelma and louise i remember that oh i remember when that was supposed to come out Damn, I'm getting old. I do remember they were were supposed to have a Thelma and Louise project. <sighs> I hope it... I just hope it... I hope it leaks one day. Just... Just a surface. Just be like, yo, this was what was supposed to happen. That would be nice. Or even if Fat Joe and Biggie's, like, unreleased shit, yo, like, that shit would be so great. I would love to hear that. Um... I'm gonna move on from that, but, um congratulations to meg for winning best new artist at the grammys super excited about that for her um best new artist to to win that as a grammy award is great because it doesn't necessarily mean that it's um it, it means that yo she did her thing this year like she did her thing i'm sorry last year she definitely killed the game you know what i'm saying too? and lastly uh rihanna is looking to launch fenty hair y'all bitches ain't ready Y'all not ready. Y'all not ready for Rihanna. Rihanna is looking to launch th- Fenty hair. The Rihanna reign just won't let up. <laughs> After foraying into lingerie, makeup, and skincare, the business mogul is looking to expand her beauty empire to include Fenty hair. On March 3rd, Rihanna's company, Ro. Roj Trade LLC. I think that's how it's pronounced. Don't judge me. Filled a trademark. Filed a trademark application for Fenty Hair. According to documents from the United States Patent and Trademark Office, the prospective line could include shampoo, hair relaxing, straightening lotions, bleach, and color products, and hair glitter. The Fenty Hair trademark is in its early stages of approval, so a launch may still be a ways out, but that hasn't stopped fans from sharing their excitement. Quote, Fenty Hair, Fenty Skin, Fenty Beauty, not Rihanna taking over the entire beauty industry, she's not playing, tweeted one, while another fan joked about Rihanna releasing everything but new music. Yes, that is true. <laughs> can't can't wait to be around the house in my Fenty furniture, Fenty skin on, in my Savage X Fenty, doing my Fenty hair, wearing Fenty X Puma, while listening to absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry. That one, that one took me out. That one sent me. That is That is... Completely, that is true. That is true. You will have plenty of everything else, but what you won't have is no more goddamn music. Let me check out something. Don't nobody realize that Rihanna put a whole rush on all music until she got to anti. Like yo, music was coming out back to back to back to back to back to back to back, and y'all thought Rihanna was gonna give you new music? The fuck. That bitch like, no, I'm out here, let me give you this care product, let me give you this skin, let me give you this lingerie, let me give you this motherfucking furniture. Like, what you, what you won't get is no motherfucking music. The Fenty Hair trademark uh, filling, filing um, follows news that Rihanna's Savage X Fenty lingerie line is now valued at $1 billion dollars one billion dollars meanwhile her fenty beauty line continues to perform well with reported sales of 558 million in the first full year of operation in 2018 last month lvmh Moet Hennessy louis vuitton announced That it was putting a hold on Rihanna's Fenty fashion brand less than two years after the launch. Let me tell y'all something. Rihanna said, fuck y'all hoes. I'm going where the money flows. I don't give a fuck about nothing that go on. I fuck this music. (laughs) Like I could do music all day. But I love I think what people are loving and falling in love with is there are two things that um I will say me. I will I will only speak for me. A few things that I love about this whole Rihanna thing is that Rihanna is not giving a fuck about, uh, like a specific size standard. She's telling you that everyone is beauty. Everyone is beautiful. Everyone can look great in this stuff. And it's not, oh, let me just put this stuff on a full figure woman, even though it fits a size six model. No, it's crafted for, for women you've also crafted for men like you didn't leave out anybody in this army and you thought about everybody and so for that i fucking love it skincare wise you're thinking about everybody makeup wise you're killing the fucking gen- fuck a Jenner who a Jenner what a kardashian what they could never are you fucking kidding me like yo you're black You're a Caribbean girl. You're giving us everything that we need. Yo, that fashion show. I was on my motherfucking feet for that fashion show. I was down here in this room and I was like. Oh, this fashion show go off of Miguel and the menswear. Lizzo for the plus size. I'm like, yo, this fashion show goes in. Everything thought, manufactured, touched. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like the fact that she's not. She is not putting her name on anything that she don't believe in and and i'm i'm grateful for that i do hope that the hair care situation uh pans out what i am hoping for though about the hair care because it was the one thing that i was reading as i was reading with y'all and i was thinking to myself um i am hoping that the hair care exceeds past some some of the chemical products and gives more of a natural situation to more natural hair um i did see that like it was like little things like glitter and 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 so on and so forth but i really just hope that it does give more of a healthier um aspect to hair um whether it's hair rejuvenation hair growth so on and so forth so you keep your natural hair and if she want to tap into giving you a little weave some wigs or whatever i'm not mad at that either i'm not mad at that either because first of all if rihanna give you a wig or weave she gonna give you quality she ain't fucking around Alright, 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 y'all already know what time it is One of my favorites When you tell a nigga Yo, if I rule the world and everything in it Sky's the limit I push the Q45 infinity It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousy is be felony Strictly living longevity to the destiny I thought I'd never see But reality struck Better find out before your time's out What the fuck You already know what that is Yo, it was written it Was Written, and a yes is the letters it's spelled. Um, It Was Written is the second studio album by American rapper Nas, released on July 2nd, 1996 by Columbia Records after the modest commercial su- success of his debut album Illmatic in 1994. Nas pursued a more polished mainstream sound with It Was Written, Producers large uh, produced by largely by Trackmasters, um... It departed from the debut's raw underground antics and embraced a Mephisto and gangster theme. The recording also marked the first appearance, uh, the first appearance of Nas' short-lived super group the firm featuring the rappers foxy brown az and core mega speaking which we've already done this and you all already know my love for the firm i don't give a fuck what nobody say it still was good i think the reason that i loved the firm and i'm gonna just be real short about that was again it is a whole story from beginning to end and there aren't too many conceptual albums and that was a conceptual album and i love that album that's it the album was a commercial success, debuting at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts while reviving, mo- well, sorry, receiving mostly positive reviews. It also heralded Nas's mainstream popularity, as well as that of a Mafioso rapper, um, joining. Similarly successful albums like Quan's Only Built for Cuban Link in 1995 and Jay Z's Reasonable Doubt in 1996. However, Nas's more commercial sound fostered accusations of selling out within the hip hop community, and its critical standing suffered with uh, comparisons to the acclaimed "Ilmatic," with more than 2.5 million copies sold, it was written remains Nas's best-selling album. It is, it is, I'm sorry. Uh, let me tell y'all something. Illmatic, I, I put it to you like this. Reasonable Doubt, if I had to look, because I'm looking at the board now, so if that sounds like my voice changed, that's why. Um, reasonable Doubt is not life and times one two or three you know what i'm saying it's not life and times one two or three it's not the dynasty it's not the blueprint um because of course all of those things change but from reasonable doubt to life and times completely different and it was a different more mainstream sound and plus hip-hop was changing at the time um going from it was written i'm sorry from Illmatic to it was written Yes, it was a change, and it was a change that kind of had to happen. Um, and I like this change. I'm not mad at it. All right, so back some background information. Nas in 1998. There's this picture that they showed, and he was such a little kid. Oh. <laughs> Following the critical acclaim of his debut album, Illmatic, in 1994, Nas chose to concentrate his efforts in a more mainstream direction in... um. Contrast to the raw, unpolished, and underground tone of his debut. Despite its significant impact on hip-hop at the time, Illmatic did not experience the larger sales of most major releases at the time in hip-hop, such as Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style in 1993. This was due, in part, to Nas' shy personality and unevent un Okay In promoting the record Uh, Nas began to make appearances On other artists' work Including Cool G Raps 456 in 1995 And Raekwon's Verbal Inner intercourse on his album Only Built for Cuban Links in 1995 which made Nas the first non-Wu-Tang member to appear on one of its solo recordings. He began to dub himself as Nas Escobar on his guest appearances. Meanwhile, his exclusive uh, ex- ah, can't speak right now. excuse Spending habits, excuse excessive. Sorry, I cannot speak right now. Tongue tied and throat was dry. Excessive spending habits <laughs> left him with little money, and Nas was forced to ask for a loan to purchase clothes to wear to the Source Award ceremony in 1995. The success of the following East Coast act, the Notorious B.I.G. and promoter Puff Daddy. At the awards show sent a message to Nas to change his commercial uh, approach, resulting in his hiring of Steve, the commissioner stout. Steve Stout, let me tell y'all something. I was thinking about Steve Stout the other day as I was driving and just think about his um major, 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 major influence on hip hop. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. Y'all not ready. Steve Stout is one of those people that, like, if they did another Versus, which I, I want Versus to go to, to another uh, level. Um, but Steve Stout is just, he's a big part of everything that we listen to, everything that we do. Like, Steve Stout, Brian Michael Cox. Um, there's also a producer who I actually follow on Facebook and follow him for years. and His name is actually Troy Oliver, and he's on some of the greatest greatest albums of all time. So, you know, those are people that you need to look at as well. Um so he has Steve Stout as, as his manager. While Illmatic attained gold status in the United States, Stout convinced Nas to aim his efforts in more mainstream commercial direction for his second album, after which Nas enlisted the production team Trackmasters who were known at the time for their mainstream success with producers for the album, included DJ Premier, Dr. Dre, Havoc of Mob Deep, LES, Lob Squad, and MC Search as executive producer. Following the recording, it was written was mastered by Tom Kayon at Sterling Sound in New York City. The artist Ami McClary, I think that's what it is, it might be Ami, don't give me the line, designed the album cover with danny uh clinch took photos for the packaging speaking of the album cover i love that these are why these these four albums um illmatic it was written uh nostradamus and i am are my favorites because they are all him in different phases of his life, but still with the same backdrop of New York and, like, Queens and all of that good stuff. Like, it just... it And it was just, like, a different level of it. And I like the fact that that theme followed through for many years at this particular point. I want to say all the way from, what, 95, 96 to um about like 2000 2001 so i i do love that that theme really did resonate through and i i wonder i think that he did all of those photos but i think some of the like the inserts were a little bit different some of the pictures from the inserts were a little different um let's talk about the music and lyrics in contrast to illmatic the album contains a more detailed and elaborate production while it starts uh, similarly to the G funk sound, relying heavily on sampled and loop funk grooves, it was written as Nas experimenting with a theatrical Mephisto um, concept under the allies of uh, the alias of Nas Escobar, inspired by the Colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar. The album's subject matter has been noted. For its focus on materialistic um, excess and other and and their other lyrical themes as well, John Perils of the New York Times wrote of Nas's shift in lyrical themes from illmatic. Start stating he repeatedly cites the Colombian drug kingpin Pablo Escobar and drops brand names of clothes, cars, liquors, and guns. Nas also references lines from his previous material, a common element in his music that he's been analyzed by one music writer as returning or return to his professional beginnings in those references i you know what i did not notice that but yes nas does do that a lot he does kind of go for um like a like he'll return and say some shit that he's already said which i never i never realized that until actually reading that the album opens with um album album intro in which a slave rebellion is heard, and it contains samples of Sam Cooke's A Change Gonna Come from 1964 and The Lost Generations, The Sly, The The Silk, and The Wicked in 1970. Sample um the op- oh well, that didn't, that didn't make anything. The opening song, The Message, features productions by trackmaster uh poke and tone. I say tone and poke. I don't know why it's it, don't don't write it that way it's it's tonable that's the way it should be <laughs> and and uh scratching from kid capri um one critic described the song as a bloody narrative and cited it as one of the most visual uh the visually evo- evoking songs of Nas's career hmm The song's title references the classic hip-hop single, The Message, um, by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Legendary producer DJ Premier had one production credit on the jazz-fused style, I Gave You Power, one of my fucking favorite songs, a song which depicts a first-person narrative from the perspective of a gun. I love that song! Uh, the song is accompanied by uh, falling piano notes and structured drums. The album contains the singles If I Rule The World, which I just wrapped a part of it, which features guest vocals from Lauren Hill and Street Dreams. Uh, music critics J.R. Rollins wrote that the former has Nas rapping his way to anarchy. Mm. in an imagined world where he kicks discipline to the curb and good times rule in the song he stated that he op- he would open every cell in Attica send them to Africa <sighs> I love it <laughs> the latter is an account on the impact of drugs in Nas's neighborhood the song contains smooth bass lines and frail drums and it features an Interpolusion of the Rhythmix ary- Sweet Dreams are Made of These in 1983. The album also features guest appearances from Mob Deep and The Firm, a supergroup which was initially comprised of Nas, AZ, Cormega and Foxy Brown. The group makes an appearance on the song Affirmative Action, again one of my favorites, A Tale of Robbery three characters with mob connections um brett broliner of stylus magazine described the song's beat as extremely mefiso um sounding straight out of goodfellas with strings and serenades while he cited the song as one of the best posse tracks of all time this is also true uh, Mobb Deep's Havoc produced two tracks from the album The Setup A story about revenge And uh, Live nigga rap A freestyle performed by Nas And Mobb Deep With a hard gloomy percussion Black Girl Lost is a sympathetic account Of the struggle of African American woman It features vocals by R&B singer Joel Jojo Haley Of Jodeci <clears throat> oh, I remember that uh, Music critics Chris X Wrote Of Nas's lyricism Starting the L.E.S Production Song wo- woes Heavy rotation While the MC makes the type Of passionate um, Portrayal That leaves lyrical Affidavits Genuflecting Genuinely reflecting at his is at his mic stance, I'm sorry. The song's title comes from the book of the same name by pulp writer Don Donald Goins. <clears throat> his literary work has served as the popular source of reference for many gangster rappers. Nas is coming as a collaboration between Nas and and West Coast rapper Dr. Dre. One writer cited it was more of a gangster mainstream tune than anything Nas has ever recorded. The song's opening conversations, a skit, is a discussion between Nas and Dr. Dre about hip-hop artists and fans over-concerned with the East Coast-West Coast rivalry, and that the two are producing a song that does not revolve around the contribution of beef. Um which is actually very very true. Uh one of the things and that that was also one of my things on why I liked the um the firm because it was com- it it was composed by Dr. Dre and and you know like it had a west coast sound and the west coast feel but you also had east coast mafia, you know, mafioso kind of rappers on it. Um, So I think that was one of the reasons that I really liked that album because it, it actually came at a time where we were coming towards the end of it and it was like, you know, we could show the East and West could still work together. And the firm was probably a big, 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 big portion of that. Alright, so the aftermath and legacy of this, of all of this, what does this mean? What does this all tie into? I don't know if I'm reading all of this, but we're gonna do it anyway. Um, the aftermath and legacy, Nas is coming, began a brief collaboration between Nas and the West Coast hip hop producer Doctor Dre. The alliance also resulted in the formation of the firm, as I said before, who make their debut on the track uh number eight Album uh, affirmative action. The pairing of the East Coast rapper and the West Coast producer during the period of the East Coast-West Coast rivalry brought criticism from both sides. In addition, the West Coast rapper Tupac Shakur took offense to the opening line of the song and the message and in retaliation, insulted Nas on his song Against All Odds for his post-humilius released album the dawn Illuminati, the seven day theory in 1996 in an interview for king magazine nas later confirmed that the song was intended as a diss towards the notorious big with the line there's one life one love so there can only be one king nas and shakur eventually met and reconciled prior to the latter's fatal shooting as a result of his death, Shakur did not have the opportunity to remove the insult to Nas and, against all odds, on the Seven Day Theory. Rapper Lupe Fiasco has cited the album as his favorite hip hop album. It was written, has been um, credited along with Raekwon's Only Built for Cuban Links in 1995, with opening uh, opening Usher. While, I'm sorry, that's wrong. With opening usher ushering in the new era of uh, Mephizo rap, according to writer Sam Chenault, Chenault, a lot of letters there, uh, while the hip-hop subgenre would run out of steam quickly, um, this release is a gem uh Sam also discussed a, the significance of it was written during the period of his release stating after mastering stark street corner realism on uh Illmatic Nas deserved a loose concept album that also at the time groundbreaking in its scope approached and execution in, in its approach and execution according to rapper young noble a close friend of tupac shakur the song i gave you power served as a main inspiration for shakur's me and my girlfriend in 1996 american hip-hop artist lupe fiasco has cited it was written as his favorite album His primary is his primary source of inspiration fiasco has stated that he based his debut album food and liquor in 2006 on the conceptual style and moods of it was written when asked if his musical influence of his musical influences in an interview with all hip fiasco skater you know i already tried to go back and recite nas it was written uh re- sorry recreate nas it was written uh you know that that's what I'm saying like that. I would play, it was written and then I would play my album and I was like, do we got this uh, record, record, do we have, do we got that record? Um, mm, They wrote this all type of weird. He went into, he went, sorry, he went into explaining the album's influence on him um because it's a classic like people study you study the masters you know what you know what i'm saying i hate when people say you know what i'm saying like that um even though i say it a lot that's weird anyway everybody that's rapping uh studied someone to learn how to rap very true They had a rapper who was their favorite rapper that they wanted to be like and they wanted to rap like, knowing that, you know what I'm saying? Like, stop saying that. For me, I just look at it like I studied a masterpiece. I modeled an album after a masterpiece and not a song for song, not line for line, not beat for beat. It was more for me like just the mood for mood the way he set the mood on the album to me was just like incredible and at the time in my life like i i i fell in love with it was written when i was like 17 years old a very impressionable time so i was like i love that album that's my favorite hip hop album so it was like why not base your album on it was written i want lupe not to talk like this no more i just want to tell y'all that that was very difficult to go through um but yeah so i echo lupe's sentiment in all of this um i will say and again i need my gatorade because i've read all of this good stuff and we're gonna go over the track listing real quick before we wrap up um mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. sorry about that i had a lot to say this week so you know it's, it's a lot going on um yeah like through that time all right so when people ask me because people get this 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 thing like um oh you rap like nikki uh i've i will cite that as an influence yes Um, I will also cite my melodiousness when when I rhyme to Big, because that was one of my favorite rappers. Um, I will also cite the wordplay and the cadence with shit to, like, Ludacris, because that was also one of my favorite rappers. I'll also cite, um... A way of writing it in almost a story format to Nas because like when I go over a line, even if it's a verse, even if it's a 16, it has to very much so coincide with each other and tell a story. So I get I, I get that. I definitely understand the um level of influence as well. Alright, so let's go over the track list real quick before we get on out of here. The album with the intro, of course, we talked about the message, street dreams was number three I gave you power ultimately one of my favorite songs let me tell you a little bit about I gave you power one day I was actually sitting in my car so this was this was years after the fact and I had I, I remember listening to nas and I've already like I said collected so many of the albums at the time but never went back to this song and I went back to this song and I was like yo listening to just listening to it just giving it the the full listen to hear in it and in, in its nostalgia that it is literally going over the thought process of a gun exchanging hands from one person to another what it meant what it, it, it jamming at the most inopportune times it shooting like it was so vivid and i love anyone who can paint that kind of picture like that so nas i gave you power is my shit watch them niggas um featuring foxy brown um Take It In Blood, Nas Is Coming, featuring Dr. Dre, Affirmative Action, featuring AZ, Core, Mega, and Foxy Brown, The Setup, featuring Havoc, Black Girl Lost, featuring JoJo from Jodeci. um, Suspect, Shootouts, Live Nigga Rap, featuring Mob Deep, and If I Rule The World by Lauren Hill, also, cassette bonus track was... Uh, Silent Murder, which was a extra song that was on the cassette. And actually, which is another uh, interesting thing, there were cassettes that were still out at the time. Children of today will never know what a cassette is. So sad. So sad. I don't have time to tell you, children. It's fine. Anyway, it was written absolute classic. It it will always hold a complete near and dear um situation to my heart. Once again, congratulations to Nas for winning his for Oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying this after all these years. Winning his first Grammy award. Nas is now decorated. it is so sad. The the Academy does not see some of the greatnesses out here. Nas has had albums all the way since 1996. It is now 2001 and this man is just getting his first Grammy. Are you fucking kidding me? And let me be clear. When I started and I was writing this and putting this together and, and, and you know, taking the, the uh, articles or whatever and putting this show together, I, w- I wasn't even thinking about the awards. I, I had not even... The award show did not even dawn on me. I didn't even care. But then to hear that, yo, Nas is getting his first Grammy. So, you mean to tell me... See, this is why the Academy is some bullshit. You mean to tell me that all the rest of the work that he did before that is some bullshit? The, the Grammys is this is the um it's just like the Oscars it's it's the it's the snub awards it's the snub awards you snub those that are great for the year and then you go back and you try to try to make up for shit like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense and you're only doing this now because you still want to be in that mode of the whole black lives matter situation but i agree i will say this i agree that Nas deserves 100% because King's Disease, honestly, truth be told, King's Disease, and I've said this several times, King's Disease and Living Off Experience have been my favorite hip hop albums from those from yesterday. Oh, and Extinction Level Event, too. Let's be clear. Let me not sit here and act like Buster didn't kill and bust, niggas. bust, y'all, my, bust y'all niggas. Bush y'all in the head. Like, he absolutely did that. 100%. So, like, right now, I'm. Again, I'm, I'm super happy with hip hop. I'm, I'm very happy. This is a great moment for hip hop. Um, Nas really did deserve that, but I just wish that we could have gotten this sooner. He has other body bodies of work that deserved it, um, and it just it just never happened for him. But better late than never, and that's why we should always celebrate those while they're here. You know what I'm saying to you? I, I want to try to make a difference in the world. I want to I want you to love the music that I used to love take a hopefully a deeper dive into the music and that's what this show is all about so as we end on this note fear false evidence appearing real it's only real in your mind if you make it real in your mind let's 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 take Nas for example Nas Kier from Queens literally doing his thing who would have known that almost 20 some odd years later that the academy would respect your craft what your contribution was to the was and is To this game. So we absolutely salute you God. You are an amazing. Amazing talent. That can never be undone. And can never be forgotten. You are a part of the makeup of hip hop. You are a part of the makeup of what I do. You are a part of the makeup of what most people do. Naz you are completely loved in these streets. And respected. Unfortunately this academy gave you i don't feel like they gave it to you because they loved it i think they gave it to you because it was due time but i'm glad that you received it i'm not knocking that you you didn't work hard on it because king's disease is my favorite hands down it is one of my like i my favorite song on king's disease right now is full circle still i love full circle because i love the firm y'all know how i feel about that it is my thing but anyway Um, don't forget you can check me out on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, um, um, Spotify and YouTube. Uh, oh, last week, speaking of which, we, it was Saturday, so Saturday, last Saturday we had Travis Case, who is an amazing voice actor, we definitely had a great time, Chopped Up, that's my guy, that's my dude, appreciate him for coming through, he was so great, um, I, I just... I love his perspective on things. He's just amazing. So make sure y'all track out check out I am at, ah, his tag at I am Travis Case. My boy Neza is next. Um, I'm already putting that into the works and that will be Friday. So only got two more days. Um, you know, and I hope you guys take a listen and a look for that. Um Aside from that, is there anything else? Oh, there are other people that are coming. I have some great special guests. I am very booked right now. I did not realize I was doing this to myself, but happy that it's getting done. Then, don't forget, um, we will figure out some type of prize for whoever gets that kick, that lyric. I appreciate y'all for listening. Now, you just tuned in to kicking it with young smooth. Now, uh Don't you feel better about it? I know you do. All right, y'all. So I will see you next week.